The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. CSPN and the WrestleCast present to you Cast of Strong Style with your hosts JPK Moto and Don DeLorente. Hello and welcome to Cast of Strong Style Wrestle Kingdom 12 preview episode. I'm your host Don DeLorente along with the genius, the Omega, Miss Moto. Hey, 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 Don. Hey. Oh my gosh! How, how are you? I am excited, ecstatic. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, thrilled. How are you? I'm great. Let me be the first one to wish you a happy new year. Happy new year to you and to all our listeners as well. Yeah, that's right. Cast a strong style can be found on CSPN at www.cspn.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We can also be downloaded to any iPhone or Android through any podcasting app. Just search Cast of Strong Style. So, Moto, it's upon us. Wrestle Kingdom 12. Woot woot. As we record this on New Year's Eve, it's basically, you know, the biggest thing in wrestling coming up here. So we're here to inform all our listeners, whether they are New Japan enthusiasts or they're novices, about the wrestlers and the feuds for this year's biggest wrestle kingdom in history. That's so correct. We'll get into it as every new um, wrestle kingdom starts with the New Japan Rumble. And basically, this is a battle royal that usually consists of young boys and legends of New Japan. So it's usually a lot of fun. You get to see guys like Kabuki and Haku and. Um, you know, just some of the greats. Tiger Mask, of course, is going to be in there. I know, Moto, that's your one of your personal faves. Wait, wait a second. The what Thunder did you say? Biker. Wait, 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 wait. You, you just you just said Tiger like that. You ain't even you ain't even let me just. I'll yeah, do I'll do it. It's okay. Tiger Mask. Yeah, I know he's some of your faves. So yeah, that's just a really good like you know kind of pre-show thing that they do before every Wrestle Kingdom. So you know, it should be a lot of fun. Yes, and there's always some surprise. I mean, I think Billy Gunn was there last year in their Rumble. Yep. Cheeseburger from ROH as well. <laughs> Love you some cheeseburger. Very fun wrestler to watch. So um, definitely a good uh, warm-up match to get things going. All right. And so our first official match on the card is Rapungi 3K, Show and Yo, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions versus the Challengers. Nick and Matt Jackson, also known as the Young Bucks. With their super kick party. That is true. So, Moto, give some background first on Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo. Show and Yo are um, Rapongi 3K. They were originally new lions in new, uh, Young Lions in New Japan. They were um, sent to um, CMLL, which is a system a sister uh, company to new Japan for their excursion, because that's what happens after a while. The young ones go to get their excursion, get more experience. They went on to ring of honor as they were uh, affectionately known as the Tempura boys. That's probably what they're best known as outside of uh, ring, uh, ring of honor. I mean, new Japan. And then after Rapongi vice broke up, Rocky Romero said that he would come back with a new tag team. And sure enough, it was shown. Yo, Rapongi 3K, who have been absolutely dominant in their their coming in their debut, they won their championships in their debut match, which is insane. Which speaks a lot to them, and they have just continued that with that. And they actually won the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament, which is actually kind of unheard of for the reigning oh. champions to win that, which shows their dominance in the scene. So that's Rapongi 3K. All right. And you have anything on the Young Bucks, just in case there's some listeners out there who don't know who these gentlemen are? The the revolutionary Young Bucks are part of the faction called Bullet Club. If you don't know, you need to ask somebody if you haven't been living under a rock. They are a great tag team. They tell stories every time they're in the ring. They do super kicks. They go all over the place. They always have tassels on their, their tights. They're just entertaining. Great um Great tag team. Um, they had the championships. They were dominant in New Japan scene for a while, also in Ring of Honor. In last year's Wrestle Kingdom, they had three belts, and um, 
these guys are dominant and they want they want some glory. They lost their titles uh, later on, and but they they want it back. They are the big dogs, the, the established big dogs, and now you have them versus Rapongi 3K, the new kids in town. So this is a match to watch for sure. Now a little backstory: Rapongi Vice was originally Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta, but they disbanded because Rocky Romero gave Trent Beretta his blessing to go pursue a career as a heavyweight. So at the King of Pro Wrestling. They defeated the uh, new Rapungi Vice, Rapungi 3K, defeated Taguchi and King Ricochet to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. At the end of the Power Struggle event, where they won the Junior Tag League, the Young Bucks came out to issue an official challenge, saying that they wanted their titles back, and Rocky Romero stepped up, and he accepted. And so that's why we have this match set for Wrestle Kingdom 12. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be high flying. It's going to be a lot of uh, crazy high spots. And do you have a prediction? Oh, this this is this is so hard for me because Young Bucks, um, they're dominant. They've been dominant um, just for years and years. And then you have Rapongi 3K who have come, established their power. And this is a hard one for me. I know this is going to be a great match. Uh, I'm going to go with Rapongi 3K. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. I know. I, I love Bullet Club, but I have to go with Rapongi 3K on this one. That's just me. Who do you uh, go for? Who do you have? Personally, I think this is going to be the Young Bucks. They're on such a roll right now. They're the hottest you know, thing in independent wrestling or just wrestling outside of WWE. So I think the Young Bucks are going to reclaim the titles. Our next match on the card is for the never open weight six man tag team championships as we have the champions the gorillas of destiny and bad luck Fale versus Taguchi, juice robinson and makabe versus beretta yano and ishi versus war machine and michael elgin versus azuka zack saber jr and taichi moto backstory on this match there's a lot going on in this match um I will start off with um, the former champions who are Evil, Sonata, and Bushi. They are part of the Los Imgurbonables de Japón faction, LIJ. And they held the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship titles for 228 days before losing them. They lost them on the road to the road to Tokyo Dome event on December 17th. So very recently they lost these, these belts. Um, They lost them to bad luck valet, Tamatonga and Tongaloa who are part of the bullet club faction. And it's, this is a very complicated story, but it's, it's awesome at the same time, I would say. Um, Bushi, who was part of LIJ took the fall for the match he actually previously criticized the booking of the title. I don't know if that had something to do with it, but now he's not in this. Um, he's not in this, and um, it, none of them are, and it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, the other challenger team, which is made of Taguchi, Juice Robinson, and Toge Makabe, they won the titles originally at uh, Wrestle Kingdom from LIJ. They lost in February to LIJ. They won it back in April from LIJ, and they lost it again in May. LAJ. So now they're challenging again. It's 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 crazy. And then you have from the Chaos um, faction, Beretta, Yano, and Ishii. Very powerful trio who are coming in and they um, uh, Yano and Ishii became tag champs at um, Wrestle Kingdom. But after that, um, you have Michael Elgin and War Machine. War Machine has been a great, great tag team from Ring of Honor. Just a great addition to New Japan. And Michael Elgin is just awesome as well. Three big guys, three athletic guys. This is, this is going to be quite, quite the match as well. Okay. No, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And um, the last one is Taichi Izuka and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, Suzuki-gun, which is the probably the most one of the most evil factions in New Japan wrestling. Um, Taichi is known for his stunts. Izuka has um, it's it's just a stunt. It's just a stunt faction. All they do is have crazy antics, interrupting the ref, hitting people. It's just that's what Suzuki-gun is known for. They'll do whatever it takes to get the gold. So that's everyone involved in this match, in this feud. It's it's going to be a fun match to watch. Hopefully uh, um, 
the right people, in my opinion, will win this. What do you think, Doc? Who are the right people, in your opinion? You can't just oh. end it like that. Oh, oh, excuse me. The right people for this. Mm, I actually would like um, Bad Luck Valet, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa to retain. Yeah, I like I like the uh, Gorillas of Destiny and Bad Luck Valet uh, having the championships as well. But something tells me, because you know this is the flip-flop title. I think Taguchi and Jujarabas and Makabe and me uh, may end up winning this. This is actually what Bushi said. I mean, I mean, he criticized the booking of it. Like, there's so there's so much talent in this division that yes, you know, you're you're kind of tempted to flip flop it. And I know that Lij held it for 228 days, but they just lost it. We're talking not even two weeks ago. Does it? I mean, we're really going to flip flop it in less than two weeks? They've really? done it before, so yeah, it would not surprise me for them to do it again. To be honest. So, um, so you're 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 not even thinking of Beretta, Yano, and Nishi. I didn't think they were gonna win it, and nothing for Michael Elgin War Machine. They nope. could be the dark horse in this match. Nope, not this time. Why not? I mean, War Machine's pretty good. You have Michael Elgin. I just feel like that uh, Taguchi and Juice Robinson just have that. They got that fan favorite thing going on. All right. Well. We'll see. I mean, and I might even count Suzuki Gun in this one. They are there for stunts. Stunts, stunts, stunts. I'd be absolutely shocked if they well, won this. I'll just be happy to see my man Zack Sabre Jr. twist somebody into a pretzel. It's been a while, so I'll get a kick out of that personally. You really, you really love this. Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best technicians in the world by far. I would not even shake that man's hand because I think it would just, it would just twist it around. No, thank you. But he's a great wrestler. Oh, yeah, you know, one of my personal highlights was um, when he had the three belts and he was wearing them to the ring it all the time. He was Zaki three belts. Too bad he couldn't be Zaki four belts. But Yeah, yeah, fell a little short there. But <laughs> speaking of uh, title belts, Cody, Cody, excuse me, Rhodes, or just Cody, the American Nightmare, was issued a brand new ROH heavyweight championship belt right before his match at Final Battle against Dalton Castle. Everybody thought that this would be a foregone conclusion and title defense for Cody that would lead right into his special challenge match against Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. But a funny thing happened. Cody lost the belt, so this is no longer an ROH title match. It has now become a special challenge match. So, Moto, give us a little bit of background. First on Kota Ibushi, inform the people who may not have ever seen Kota Ibushi wrestle um, who this fine young gentleman is. Um, they may have got a chance to see him in the Cruiserweight Classic a couple of years ago, but that was just a snapshot. Well, um, Kota Obushi is, again, another one of the used to wrestle in DDT Pro uh, with another big wrestler, which I will not say his name, but um, he was very good, um, very athletic, I mean, just high flyer still does. He's, he's kind of like a jack of all trades, in my opinion. You get the high flying with him. You get the stunts. You get the power. I really like to see him in the ring. And he is so smooth when he, when he attempts these maneuvers. Lovely, lovely guy to watch. Um, and he is now home, I like to say, in New Japan. He, he was kind of like a wanderer. He would just go wherever would fit his fancy. And I think now he has found a place in New Japan and this this match is, I think it's going to be a good fit, fit for him with uh, Cody, Mr. Cody Rhodes. If you are not familiar, if you are, if you watch WWE, he used to be Stardust. Um, he left WWE and now he uh, went to Ring of Honor and New Japan. He's part of the Bullet Club faction and he has come into his own with his, with his, with his wrestling. I think so. And he's going to be accompanied by his wife, Brandy Rhodes, who used to be an announcer for WWE. And now she's uh, gone to the fray of wrestling herself for Ring of Honor. Um, for this, uh, this, this bout really started when Koda actually went to challenge uh, Tanahashi for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, lost at um, Power Struggle, which happened November 5th. Um, Nakoda's backstage. He's like exhausted and and sitting on the ground. And Cody comes there. He's got his belt because he has it at the time. And he says, he even warns Cody that he was told that he, people told him don't do this. He said, he starts to mock him saying, you know, you were so close to winning. You're so close. And he didn't. And he said that he needs Ibushi to be his opponent. And he says that he wants to pick a fight that's big enough to matter 
but small enough that you can win. And he says, think about it, stud, and just walks off in his cocky manner. And Ibushi's like, he's pissed off. It takes him a while to gather himself. And this is just, this is, it's really seeping into Koda's mind. He already lost a big match, and his confidence is kind of shaken at this. I mean, Cody just lost a big match. So this this match is going to be very interesting in terms of the story and how these two are going to go about it. What do you think, Tom? I think that, first off, I think ROH made a big mistake by having a title switch and not having that brand new title um, show up on this event so they could get the exposure um, of, you know, showcasing the title off and such a, you know, event that's going to have so many eyes on it. But as far as the match goes, I don't know. This is going to be a good one. Um, kind of a clash in styles. Um, you know, Cody's not really known for his high flying, even though he can do some. And like you said, Kota Ibushi is just a kind of, you know, jack of all trades overall, just a great wrestler. Um, so I think maybe Kota Ibushi may get this one. I think his just, you know, ability to do just a little bit more may overcome Cody in his, uh, in his newfound mean streak. Um, I think I will agree with you, and I think Kota Bushi is going to win, which is not going to help Cody in the long run. Now, with Wrestle Kingdom, this sets up all the feuds for the rest of the year. There's a lot of trouble brewing in Cody and his faction, on and off, and I, I think something's going to happen, something needs to happen, where Cody is going to have to answer for some of his antics, and this might be it. All right. So we'll move into our next match on the card, where we have the Killer Elite Squad, the IWGP Tag Team Champions. Versus Sonata and Evil. Uh, Sonata and Evil gained this title match by winning the World Tag League. So they set this match up for, um, you know, basically the winner gets a title shot of their choosing. And so Sonata and Evil said, we choose Wrestle Kingdom 12. And um, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was going to say that um, after the World Tag League finals, um, Lance Archer, who's part of Killer Elite Squad, along with Davey Boy Smith Jr. Um, if you've watched like 90s WWF, uh, the British Bulldog is uh, Davey Boy Smith's father, was I should say. And um, Lance Archer, who's his partner, said the, the return to Wrestle Kingdom, um, KES will be triumphant. And whenever they step into the ring um, those, those, for the titles, everybody dies, and Wrestle Kingdom will not be different. And so he's, he's really laying it out there. <laughs> For Sonata and Evil. It yeah. is going to be crazy. Uh, KES, they had been uh, uh, off the radar for a while because Lance Archer Jr. Uh, was injured. And uh, they came back on the scene at the G1 Finals where they uh, attacked War Machine and Gorillas of Destiny um, when Gorillas of Destiny went to you know issue a challenge for the title shots. And so they totally destroyed them. And then that set off a chain of uh, triple threat matches and uh, KES, excuse me, won the tag team titles at Destruction in Kobe. And so they've been the champions ever since. That is correct. And it, this is actually going to be their third reign as a tag team and for, for the both of them. Um, Sonata and Evil, I mean, they, you know, L, and part of LIJKS is part of the Suzuki Gun. Uh, two warring factions. Uh, remember, I said earlier that they were part of the six-man tag, you know, championships, Bushi, who's been kind of left out of the picture, told them that they should focus on the World Tag League um, and then defend the title on January 5th. I just find this interesting. And then said he would challenge for the uh, for another title. I won't say which one. If they win World Tag League. And then right. he would want to be added. So Bushi's kind of taking a step back and letting his boys do their thing, which I think is kind of nice. But I've got my eye on that one. He's a team player. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've got my theories swirling in my head. Not everyone's that nice. <laughs> Not in the world of wrestling. Um, what do you think about this one? Who do you have uh, coming out on top? Mm, I gotta go for Sonata and Evil. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with KES. Um, I really like uh, Lance uh, Archer. Uh, he's scary as hell, but I really like him. As long as he doesn't put cornrows in his hair again, I'm I'm all good with him. <laughs> Are you are you okay with him doing the Triple H water spit on everybody? I think that's absolutely funny. I think it's disgusting, but it's funny. I, don't do that with me. We'll have a problem for like two seconds. You know, I'll be like, hey, hey dog, don't you, don't you spit water in my face. He's going to like yell, and then I'm just going to sit down and say, I'm sorry, sir. And that's going to be that. But he, uh, he's, I think it's a funny gimmick. 
I think the Japanese secretly enjoyed, even though it's 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 gross. It's just funny to see him just spit water on everybody. Right. Next up is the man that gives Omega Moto nightmares. That's Remember correct. Suzuki versus Goto and a hair versus hair. Nobody at ringside death match for the Boy. Denver Openweight Championship. So let's start off with Minoru Suzuki, a little background on him and why this man scares you so much. First of all, let's get this real quick. If you are new to this, people who have listened, I appreciate your support. I'm, I'm getting help for this. Minoru Suzuki is a damn demon. He will. He is nasty. Nasty. He will beat the hell out of you with a smile on his face. This man has done interviews and just swung, just swigged vodka. Just like, it's nothing. He is the scary guy you don't want to come home to. He's that person in the alley you don't want to see. He is just dominant. He he just does not care. He just loves to torture his people in the ring. He's just, he's just great with that. I mean, he scares me. Great wrestler. Fantastic wrestler. But scares the hell out of me. And probably scares the hell out of most people. Um... He had, he uh, lost, he actually won it. He won the title on the road to wrestling Dontaku in April. Um, and these two have had just kind of a storied relationship with each other. Uh, Goto, oh, Suzuki is actually part of the head of Suzuki Gun. So he's always directing his guys to interfere and what have you. Goto is part of the chaos faction, the more honorable faction. And he, he goes in and does his thing with that. So Wrestle Kingdom 11, they went back and forth, I believe. He seemed to be kind of stuck, Goto. He's kind of the samurai, they, they call him. And he would just... It's funny because with Goto, he would just get near the peak, but just couldn't, couldn't break through. But then when he won the title, it seemed like he finally got it. But, you know, he had it four months, and then Suzuki comes out of nowhere and just takes the title. So it was kind of Suzuki... The entire year, t- you know, establishing his dominance, he lost it. I will not talk about that feud with Little Orphan Annie. Got it back. and But Suzuki, I mean, uh, Goto has been, throughout the year, just trying to get his 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 footing back. Right. Uh, Suzuki defeated Goto in the Lumberjack Death Match at Dominion. Uh, that was like his uh, one and only title defense against Goto. And he was kind of like denying him this whole time. So, you know, every time Goto would offer up a challenge, Suzuki would be like, nah, I'm good. But and when uh, Goto Sabiano from a public hanging, he offered a hair versus hair match and uh, Suzuki took the bait. Oh, absolutely. And um, I just wanted to say, this is something he said um, after uh, one of the tag matches. A lot of times they'll have tag matches to, you know, really elevate the feud a little bit. After um, Goto and the, his faction wins backstage, Suzuki said, "Don't think you can get in my, in my way without consequence. For you, who are nothing lo- than lower than an insect, to stand in front of me, I told you to offer your soul, your life to me, and I'll take it." Yeah, that pretty much sounds like uh, something Minoru Suzuki would say. He's a demon, I say. A demon. <laughs> are you laughing at me? He doesn't scare you. That man no. crazy. He's enjoyable. I like his sadisticness because it's not pointed at me. Did you see uh, when he came after Don Callis and Don Callis tried to run away and ended up like taking a real bump over like a fake guardrail because he was trying to get away? Yes. You see that? That don't scare you? A man like that don't scare you? That man looks like he crushes cans with his teeth. He probably does. And that that that, that doesn't worry you at all. Not one bit. Not a bit. I, not, one, I, not one bit, sir. You crazy. I, that's what crazy you say. That's crazy. I'm, I'm a couple of continents and a couple of oceans away. I'm good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's something wrong with you if you ain't scared of Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> so, who you got in the match? Who you think is going to be victorious? The Samurai. Goto. Oh, okay. I, be- I believe that, too. He's had such a, a hard road to get here to get to this match. It would be such a letdown if he uh, fell short again. So, I agree with you on Goto regaining the never open weight title. Especially because Suzuki Gun is barred from ringside. So no stunts, hopefully. <laughs> and what could be maybe the match of the evening? We have the champion, Artie Skrull versus Takahashi, the Oh, the ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. Versus Kishida versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. 
Now, I'll give you the backstory because it's kind of long before we go into each individual wrestler here. Kushida won the best of the Super Juniors to earn a title match. Kushida wins the Juniors title from Takahashi at Dominion. Will Ospreay then won the Juniors title from Kushida at King of Pro Wrestling. After that match, Takahashi came down to the ring to issue a challenge to Ospreay. But Marty Skrull steps in and snaps the fingers of Takahashi before the challenge is issued. Marty Skrull, Skrull excuse me, then swoops in and asks Osprey for the title match. Marty Skrull won the title from Osprey at Power Struggle. Kushida arrives on the scene after the match, seeking a title shot, but Osprey takes issue. <laughs> While they argue, Takahashi comes down to the ring, protected from head to toe, seeking his own title match. Marty Skrull then says he'll face all three of them at Wrestle Kingdom 12. So we'll start with the champion. Give some people some background villain. information on the villain, Marty Skrull. Mr. Marty Skrull, part of Bullet Club, and he is just that. He is the villain. He will think of ingenious ways to get you down, like snapping your fingers, putting you in the uh, chicken wing. Uh, that's his move. And he just comes with these dastardly, menacing ways to really chip at you. Most wrestlers will just, you know, you know, target an area or, you know, try for a weapon. No, this one goes to the fine details. You can't use your hand if your fingers are broken. Things like that. He will he will just go down in the muck, down in the dirt, and laugh in your face while doing it. Other than that, I mean, he's great in terms of power and um, more technical than that. I feel like he's more a power technical wrestler. Will Ospreay part of the chaos faction i mean this guy one of the best wrestlers in the world i would say i would compare him to like kota abushi in terms of sort of jack of all trades less on the power more on the agility the high flying and um the technical ability great great wrestler very smooth to look at in the ring kushida i feel like almost all these guys are almost all of Jack of Trades. Kushida is definitely Jack of all trades in power, high flying. He doesn't do a, like a lot of high flying. He's more of um, your holds, more of a technician. Great stuff. Um, and then my favorite, the ticking time bomb, Takahashi with the with Lij. I mean, he's just insane, insane to watch the ring. Just goes through the ropes. Like I mean, he. Almost every time he he wrestles, I feel like he just could just kill himself. He just does such dangerous stuff, and I love to watch it. I love all these guys. This this like like Don said could be match of the night for sure. And these these four are incredibly talented. You cannot miss this match. Do not miss this match. So, do you have a prediction for me? Who do you think is going to be victorious? I don't want Marty Skrull. Takahashi. Okay, Takahashi all the way. The ticking time bomb must prevail. Must prevail. I think I'm going to go with Will Ospreay. Goodbye. Because of the story of um, every time that Marty Skrull has wrestled Will Ospreay, he's beaten him all over the world. And so this may be a chance for Will Ospreay to kind of get a little measure of of revenge, even though it's not a quote-unquote one-on-one match. He can still get the pinfall on Marty and kind of get some revenge to finally break through that ceiling that he can't beat him. So, mm, Wouldn't that be better served as a one-on-one feud? Eventually, but you might have to lead to that, though. You don't necessarily have to lead to that. He could, I mean, Will could cost Marty the title and then cost himself because he's so focused on, you know, beating Marty, just Marty, and forgetting about Kushida and Takahashi. That is true. Mm, that's why I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not all the way in on that, but you know, I just feel that that would be a, a good way that they could, you know, build up to a longer another program where Marty chases the belt again and, and you know, finally, you know, Will Ospreay gets that decisive definitive win against him. Get with the winning team. It's the ticking time bomb. Get with it. Next up, we have the ace. Tanahashi versus Switchblade in Jay White. So give a little background on Jay White first and then I get into Tanahashi. I believe um, Jay White was a young boy. He had gone on his excursion and he's great wrestler. Absolutely great, great wrestler. I like to see him. Um, 
I believe went on an excursion and then came back, um, I believe a power struggle to the shock of everyone. And there, there had been um, teasers for a couple of months. Uh, all you see is this, this guy with a switchblade and in this crazy room, everything shredded. It was just crazy. And everyone was thinking, who's switchblade? Who's switchblade? Sure enough, it's Jay White attacks the ace, Tanahashi. I like this nickname for him, but for our newer listeners, I will call him this, the John Cena of New Japan. And, um, I mean, Tanahashi has had such an incredible, incredible career um, with his title, title, title defenses. I mean, this guy is just powerhouse, powerhouse, more of, like I said, like John Cena style, more power, hard hits. And he he just knows how to how to get it done. I think this is you know new versus old. I think this is going to be a great match. What about you, Dom? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, just another note on Tanahashi. He may be one of the toughest individuals in the world. He's wrestled like the last eight months with the legitimately torn biceps, mm. um, and he's put on some fantastic matches against some really high quality opponents while having this injury. Um, Jay White was one of my favorite young boys when he was a. Uh, two years ago when he was in the class of young boys with show and yo. And now to see him come back and have a, a big time match against Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom is pretty cool. Um, the, you know, switchblade uh, monikers is, you know, gives him a, a character and gives him something to work with. And, uh, you know, we'll see kind of how this works. I don't know how the, the styles are going to match up, but you know, uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how Jay White performs and the biggest match of his career. Who do you have? I got Tanahashi experience. I would say so. I would I would have to agree with that. And Jay White did say, I'd like to note that he said that um that Tanahashi should prove to the fans that he is still the ace because he doesn't believe it and he knows that Tanahashi doesn't either. Big words from Jay White. Yep. I think that he's very confident in himself and and that can go a long way, uh, you know, in a match where you're the less experienced uh, athlete. He's younger. He's, you know, for the most part, healthier. So, you know, that will be, you know, to his advantage. But I just think that the longer the match goes, Tanahashi's craftiness will kind of, you know, take advantage of one little mistake that Jay White makes, and that's all it will take for him to uh, to get beat by a veteran of well, caliber. I, I like to say this. In, in the world of wrestling, there is a fine line, especially in the world of wrestling, there's a fine line between confidence and idiocy. So I don't know which on which side Jay White is on with his words, but Tanahashi, while he is no spring chicken, that man is very clever, can adjust on the fly, and will give Jay White a run for his money. I don't think it'll be the other way around. Tanahashi will give Jay White a run for his money. I do not see Jay White winning. If he does, wow, I will be thoroughly shocked. Right. Then we have the match that Chris Jericho will tell you sold all the tickets. Is the incomparable Kenny Omega defends his IWGP United States title versus the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller Chris Jericho. Um, so I'll let you start first with the backstory. Let the people know about Kenny Omega. Um, just a phenomenal wrestler and phenomenon that he has turned out to be here in 2017. I mean, if you do not know who Kenny Omega is, I, I don't know what to tell you. This man has had so many fantastic matches other than being fine as hell. Shout out to the, to the creep squad, creep cast other, other than being that he's a fantastic wrestler. Fantastic. He had six star matches, six star matches, not one, not two, but three. Three of them, okay, versus the reigning champion, Okada. I mean, this man does it all. And I've said jack of all trades. Forget that. He is the king of all trades. He will high fly. He will knock your hell, knock the hell out of you with his knees. The one-winged angel is a devastating move. He is the leader of Bullet Club. I mean, he is just one of the greats, really. Like, he is really shaping up to be one of the greatest wrestlers of our time right now. And I'm not saying that lightly for real. And then you get to Chris Jericho. I mean, a man who really needs no introduction, but I will give him one. 
I mean, Y2J, the icon, WCW, WWF, WWE, and now New Japan. He's also one of the great, greatest of all time. I mean, this this match is going to be. I mean, I I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. Go ahead, Zon. I can't even. It's so good. All right. So here's the backstory to this confrontation. Kenny Omega defeated Ishii at the U.S. title tournament finals at the G1 Climax in Long Beach back in July. July 3rd. Yes. So fast forward to around uh, October, Chris Jericho begins to back and forth on Twitter with Kenny Omega about being the best wrestler from their native Winnipeg. The war of words becomes more and more heated over the next couple of months. After Kenny def- defended his title against Beretta at Power Struggle, Chris Jericho appeared on the Jumbotron. Jericho rips up a picture of Kenny and declares himself the best in the world and the best of all time. Jericho then challenges Kenny Omega to a match at Wrestle Kingdom 12. So then Jericho appears on the Jumbotron again during the World Tag League Finals after Kenny Omega pinned Riker Romero to win his six-man tag match with the Young Bucks. After the video airs, Jericho is behind Kenny and brutally attacks Kenny, leaving him busted open after Jericho hit Kenny with the title belt. The next day at the Wrestle Kingdom 12 press conference, Kenny Omega crashes Chris Jericho's interview and attacks Jericho in retaliation. So due to the recent attacks, the match has been made into a no-disqualification match. Um, The build for this has been phenomenal. It started out as just a Twitter beef, quote-unquote, or just a, you know, you know, uh, internet wrestling community type of thing like um, dream match or you know it's cool they're talking about it but what's the payoff mm-hmm. and then Chris Jericho goes out and does things that only Chris Jericho can make happen and then the way that he uh, has executed this attack on Kenny Omega uh, out of the blue nobody thought that he would show up in Japan uh, prior to the Wrestle Kingdom match itself and he did and then the beatdown was brutal and then the next day Kenny trying to get some get back at the press conference, which actually ended up pretty bad for Kenny because Jericho threw a table on him and knocked him <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I don't know if that actually worked out in Omega's favor, but it's still another, just another layer uh, to the bill for this match. And then, of course, with um, Don Callis, the American uh, color commentator, uh, being in the middle of this as he's, you know, Kenny Omega's biggest advocate and he's uh, one of Chris Jericho's best friends. Uh, this this match just has so many layers and so much drama. I, I can't wait to see um, just how it comes off because I mean the the build to it in such a short time has just been fantastic. Um, I just want to go back to something you said. You said you didn't know if it would work out that him attacking Chris Jericho worked out in Omega's favor. It absolutely did. It absolutely did. Not necessarily physically, but mentally it did. This is mind games one hundred and one. These two are brilliant thinkers to both of them when jericho attacked kenny and busted him open with his own belt mind you smeared kenny's blood on his face and left him walking out it it was something it was something he started that off right there and then and then afterwards at the press conference kenny said he he actually couldn't be mad guard he even acknowledged that jericho was smarter than him but not to count him out then after Kenny attacks him, I mean, this was this is a brutal attack. He was like on it, and Jericho usually plays it cool, and he couldn't play it cool anymore. He beat the hell out of Kenny. All I, and all I saw, I just remember seeing Kenny's feet go up because you know how you you get a beat down. People get beat downs. You just see their feet go up. Like oh my god, Kenny's feet went up. All I saw was his socks. I just saw straight toes, son. Then he gets up. He gets up after throwing the, the table and the whole nine. And Kenny is dragged away with a smirk on his face. You know why he got that smirk on his face? Because he got to Chris Jericho. He got in the mind of Chris Jericho. And that's where you need to be. You absolutely need to be in his mind. He knew what he was doing. He knew he could have gotten a beat down for it. But he took that beating just to get in his mind. I think it absolutely worked. This is going to be great. These two hate each other. And this this, this match is going to be something to behold. I am so excited for this. So, who do you choose? My name is Moto Omega. It's going to be Kenny. <laughs> I don't know why you had to ask that. Kenny. I think it's going to be Kenny, too, but I think it's going to be one hell of a match. It's probably going to be one of the best Chris Jericho matches in the last four or five years, for sure. Absolutely. He is already in Japan. Um, Kenny, girder your loins. This, this is, this is going to be crazy. I'm so excited for this. 
Yes, ma'am. And then the main event of the evening for the IWGP heavyweight title, we have the champion, Okada, defending his title against the G1 Finals champion, Naito. So first, let's start with Naito. Let's talk I about will. him and, uh, you know, his rise to prominence in the last year and a half in New Japan. I really appreciate um, Naito's story because he, he started off like this plucky young wrestler who was just very happy and um, very happy-go-lucky, but the crowd wasn't feeling it. They He just could not really get over They actually just hated to see him. He was just so happy. And then... They sent him off to his excursion, and he comes back, this man who does not give a damn. I mean, he could not care less about you, about anything, about the. He just did not care. He formed um, LIJ. He is the leader of LIJ, and that seemed to turn everything around for Naito. He, he has just been just on a roll since, since he came back and had LIJ. LIJ is probably the most popular faction in New Japan, I would say, arguably. And it's it's due to him and everybody else in LIJ, but Naito had a big thing with that. In terms of wrestling, um, I wouldn't say he's big on the high-flying. Um, more of the power, more of the agility, more more the story, more of the mind games. He'll always do it. Belt in um, April of 2016 and lost that. And, of course, Okada is our, I mean, he's pro wrestler of the year i believe and he he has really carried new japan on his on his back and the belts he's been he's this entire year he's been defending 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 and this is this is going to be this is going to be something and okada is the leader of the chaos faction faction versus faction great match and okada again with the power too powerful hard-hitting wrestler so i think their styles are going to match and they've had plenty of fantastic matches so this of course must see, must see match. Naito, in a way, is the rock of New Japan. Really? He was the smiley baby face that nobody really liked because he was just too being forced down everybody's throat as he was getting in positions that people didn't feel like he was ready for because he won the 2014 G1, but he got um, his main event spot taken away from him as they actually... Um, had a fan vote to see who they wanted to see in his spot. And so it's always been kind of a chip on his shoulder. And that's the reason why when he came back with this from his excursion, he's kind of had this attitude, um, you know, that's kind of like screw everything that's corporate, screw everything that has to do with the office. I guess now that's the reason why he treats the title belts the way he treats the title belts. <laughs> so, yeah, so he kind of had to do like a, a 180, but with all this disrespect and don't give a fuck attitude, the fans love him. I mean, he's such a fan favorite in so many of these places um, that they go. Um, it's amazing. I mean, he has such a, for some reason, it just, I think with the way everyone is now and with the way our world is, he just fits. And you call him the rock, but his, I mean, in terms career wise, yes. Character wise, Stone Cold Steve Austin. All the way. Anti-business. I don't give a damn. Just more apathetic than, than Steve Austin was. Right, right. So, a little backstory goes. Naito defeated Kenny Omega in the G1 Finals, turned the Wrestle Kingdom to a briefcase in the main event spot versus the New Japan Champion. Like I said, this is Naito's second G1 win, but the first time he will main event Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Naito successfully defended the briefcase against Ishii at the King of Pro Wrestling. Okada has successfully defended the title this year versus Kenny Omega twice. Evil, Minoru Suzuki, Bad Luck Fale, Koda, Cody Rhodes, excuse me, and of course, the memorable match against Shibata. Mm, mm. Who do you have? So, I've got reservations because I, I think he's due to win, but I, I, I'm just afraid about what he's, how he's going to treat the title. But I, I've got Naito coming out ahead. I mean, Okada's gotten by all year by the skin of his teeth, and I don't know if he's got one more in him. He's been, I mean, he's he's been beaten down for a full year, a full year. Challenger after challenger, fantastic challenger after fantastic challenger, by the way. I mean, these were not easy matches. Um, 
I'm gonna go with Naito. I know Don has a beef. Why don't you tell him about your beef with this whole belt business? I don't. I don't think they, the newer newer listeners, know about that. Well, I'm a belt smart. I like for my champions to wear their belts around their waist, or at least carry their belts with honor and prestige. And uh, Naito does none of that. He literally was throwing and kicking the belt around. The IWGP, uh, I know when he had the Intercontinental title, he dented the IWGP title, the Intercontinental title. They had to like actually take a hammer and beat it back into formation. So, yeah, that's the only thing I have a problem with Naito about is just is his blatant disrespect for the title belt. You got beef. It's okay. You got beef. It's all right. You know, you let it out. I just, I just yeah. felt that you had to let it out. It's okay. I think Naito is going to get the belt. I, he'll disrespect it, but I, I think he'll get it. <laughs> so that is the preview for Wrestle Kingdom 12. Wrestle Kingdom 12 will take place this Thursday, January 4th, live from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Amoto, I think that's going to start at, what, 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday morning or 3.30 maybe? Um, I believe so, but I do. I think it's going to be 3.30, but Yes, it's 3.30. Okay. Um, I will not be up live tweeting, but I will probably be taking half a day of, uh, at work and get home around like 12.35, 1 o'clock, and I will be live tweeting then. I will be live tweeting. And actually, I was incorrect. It's 2 a.m. Eastern time. I have reversed my sleep schedule for this. I'm ready. Oh, I'm so ready. you're actually going to be up and live tweeting underneath the cast a strong style hashtag. That is correct. Ca- hashtag cast a strong style I will have gifts. I will have cookies. Not really. I will not have cookies, but please live tweet with me. It will be a fun, fun time. Okay. I will be sure to avoid your timeline until I finish watching at like six o'clock that evening because I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a five hour show. You better avoid Twitter because everyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah, pretty much. I have to just live in my mentions all day. Um, Sad times. Out of all the matches that we've previewed, which match are you looking forward to the most? Now, it's pretty obvious that it's going to be, I could say, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Obviously, I am I am very happy for that. So that I think that should just be, you know, what that's that's whatever. That's of course it's a given. I think no, the 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 IWGP junior heavyweight title with Kushida. Ticking time bomb. Will Ospreay and Marty Skrull. That, I'm definitely, I'm here. I'm here for that one. Geniuses think alike. Because, yes, I, I think that match is going to be uh, off the charts as well. I'm look, I've am i been looking forward to that match since they uh, originally signed it. All four of these guys are, you know, the, are probably the best uh, four out of five uh, cruiserweights in the world. The only person who's missing is Ricochet. And, you know, so, you know, we you can't ask for anything better than that, especially on a big uh, stage like Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah, I think those four guys going to have something up their sleeves and uh, people are going to be talking about it. It's going to be a lot of gifts from that match. Oh, yes. A lot of gifts. I, this whole this whole card really is, is going to be fantastic. I'm very excited. And y'all should be, too. That's right. So you guys have about four good days to become members of uh, New Japan World streaming service. Um, it's only $9.99 a month um, and you will definitely get your money's worth in the first month between uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12 and then the next day they have New Year's Dash, which is kind of like their Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. It kind of is the official beginning of the new uh, storylines and the new season in New Japan. So um, definitely, definitely become uh, members of uh, New Japan World and, you know, start off this new year from the beginning with New Japan. I know we kind of started this podcast in the middle of the year in May. And uh, so we kind of missed out on the, you know, Wrestle Kingdom and, and the New Japan and uh, New Year's Dash, kind of that first quarter of the year. So, you know, this year that won't be the case. So start fresh and, uh, you know, you'll have all the storylines and everything down pat after Wrestle Kingdom. Absolutely. Very excited. Do yourself that favor. Come join us. Come join us. Please do. Please do. So, Moto, I'll open it up to you for your final thoughts, your, um, you know, just anything else you'd like the people to know heading into the biggest event 
in New Japan for this year? Um, New Japan has really renewed my love of wrestling. And if you are one of those people who are just sick of the same stuff thrown at you, come over. You will not be displeased. Fantastic storylines, fantastic story development. You are not taken for a ride per se in terms of, you know, kind of being duped and for your money, you get your money's worth every single time. It does not disappoint. It does not disappoint. New Japan is absolutely it. And I've had a great year. I love this podcast. Don, you're the best. Uh, thank you, Mozo. You're the best co-host I could ever ask for. This endeavor that we started in May because we had a mutual love of this form of wrestling and nobody was talking about it to a level that was sufficient enough for either of our likings. So we decided to do something about it. So this is pretty much the culmination of our first year of doing this podcast is uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12. And uh, they've presented a card that is fantastic. And I hope that, you know, we get a bunch of new listeners and a bunch of new um, just people who fall in love with New Japan the same way that we have. So um, continue to support and follow us. You can follow us on Twitter at CastStrongStyle with no of in there because Twitter characters, you know, were limited back then when we created the the uh, Twitter name. And um, again, like I said, you can find us on www.cspn.us. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And so for my co-host, Omega Moto, I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been the Wrestle Kingdom 12 Preview Show, brought to you by Cast of Strongstar. Drop stop, stop. stop.